Hello all, hello. This is the host of the Backdash, Alex. You've probably heard me from the show. And um, this is going to be a little bit different because uh, of how, let's just say there was some difficulties regarding uh, the latest episode of your traditional Backdash. Um, and uh, we're not going to point any point any fingers, but let's just say that the culprits both have ends in their names. Um, and I'll leave you, that to the audience to figure that out. And uh, it's a hard puzzle, and once you've done it, I want your reports on my desk by the morning. Because of this, we are actually able to introduce a little show that I've had in the works for a while. Um, and I would like to welcome you all to Mirror Match Retrospectives. Welcome! <laughs> and uh, for those not in the know what a mirror match is, it's uh, when one character fights the same character, and technically we'll be doing the same thing when I'll be looking at my past experiences with a game, or a movie, or an anime, or a book, or anything. Uh, I want mirror match retrospectives to be a really wide open idea that uh, anyone can really sit down and kind of do. Um, you know, not just me, but maybe just me. Uh, we'll see if any of the other guys will decide to pick up the idea. But for now, you're getting your good old host here to one-on-one -on -one with you um, on a nice little hot-button topic. We're going to give a little Mirror Match retrospective on the current state of the hot Mortal Kombat 11. For fun facts, for those listening, um, that's where the term Mirror Match actually originated, was in Mortal Kombat. When you would go through the arcade and you would fight uh, the character you were playing, it would be called a mirror match. I guess it's it's pretty fitting that we're taking tackle in MK11 and the time that I spent playing the beta um, for the upcoming uh, past days that have occurred when I was working at my day job. I was at home going crazy trying to figure out all I could in the current build of Mortal Kombat 11 that we were able to, uh, well, people, I, I got let in. Um, through the signed up that you had to do, got to go give them your email and birthday, and I had to lie about not being a negative two-year-old, and I was able to give uh, give everybody a little bit of a touch. I played all three characters who were available, which was Scorpion, Scarlet, and Baraka. Um, I was able to play them all, and I do have opinions on the game and all, each of the characters, and just a whole nice general little rap bow for anybody who's interested and willing to listen. Um, but first, let me give a little bit of history on myself um, with why you should, I guess, kind of care about my opinion, or I guess I could validate it a little bit for, in, you know, in terms of uh, what Mortal Kombat is and NetherRealm Studios fighting games in general. Um, and I've been kind of into NRS games ever since Mortal Kombat 9 dropped. Uh, just on look alone and gameplay, that game was... Uh, very special. It really brought the Mortal Kombat series uh, full circle for me, since as a child, not being, you know, the most observed kid gamer, um, I would see Mortal Kombat 2 or any of the likes, and it would blow me away how interesting they, they uh, captured me, even in the late 2000s, or slash early 2000s. Um, the one thing that I will say is that Mortal Kombat, in terms of uh, the 3D games, they never got me. Dead of the Alliance, Armageddon, um, those kinds, Deception, none of them really captivated me. Uh, the closest would be Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, which is its own special case. But 
that does not mean that like the my interests you know, waned so much that I wasn't beyond excited for Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, not Mortal Kombat 11, excuse me, Mortal Kombat 9. Because um, when that game was coming out, my goodness, uh, I, I did so much. I, I remember I made an entirely new PSN account just so that I could get um, PlayStation Plus on that account and get the MK9 demo early, and I played it beyond belief oh my goodness so much good time spent playing that demo had johnny cage scorpion sub-zero it was it was a phenomenal time um but that's besides the point let's talk about why maybe i might know what i'm talking about a little bit so i may have gotten my start in mk9 but i got my stride by the time injustice 2 hit uh, it would have been Injustice 1, but my lovely ex second, third Xbox 360 got the Red Ring of Death again. And let's just say uh, your boy didn't get really into Injustice past that point. But Injustice 2, on the other hand, I was very much engrossed by. Uh, I considered myself, I guess you could say, a Green Lantern slash Darkseid uh, player. And I was able to hold a top 100 spot on ranking leaderboard for the first, I think, three months, four months of the game. I was very much in, and I was trying to, I, t I took it as seriously as I could before, you know, it, I, I just, I kind of fell out of the game. Uh, then I pretty much moved away from Injustice 2 um, after the first couple DLC characters dropped. I think I always came back for, like, Ninja Turtles, for, um, Raiden, those kind of things, but never really is the same as when I was really trying to, you know, lock down my position up in the top 100 spot online. And then moving away from that, I, th I don't think I took a fighting game seriously again until... Like, and I mean seriously, as in, like, really trying to compete online, and, um, if I can go to any form of locals and, or try to throw my hat in at larger tourneys, um, until Dragon Ball Fighters, which that's a different mirror match retrospective in its entirety from your boy here. Uh, but hey, now, now being an anime fighter who's also top 100 placed in Dragon Ball Fighters, and, well, used to be, uh, kind of fell off on my ranking days. And, you know, has a lot of NRS background in terms of casual play, slash, semi, <laughs> I guess you could say, like, semi-competitive? <laughs> Very engrossed in the online environment? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but I, I kind of can say, I, I might know what I'm talking about here, when I give this little breakdown of MK11. So, let's start, shall we? Got a nice little bunches of ideas here, and we're going to hit with the bin point. The big point that everybody probably is wondering is, is it fun? And I'm here today to tell you, maybe. <laughs> um, unfortunately, this is kind of a big point for me um, and, and MK11. I personally really was engrossed in the game. I, I found it super rewarding to play out the get-go and uh, very much entertaining in terms of being able to flex all my fighting game knowledge, uh, knowing what to do against certain moves, uh, controlling space, and also 
finding out what combos into what and what's plus, what's negative, and what's the uh, range on certain moves that like you can use to outfoot the other characters, and how to really just control space with each character, barring each one's new moves that uh, you just utilize. So, hey, did any of that not make sense? Did you not know what some words I said meant? Okay, that's fine, because that just means that you're a little bit more tailored to a beginner standpoint slash casual side of fighting games, which, unfortunately for me to say, Mortal Kombat 11 might not be as rewarding to casuals as the past Mortal Kombat games are. Um, this game seems to be taking a route that is a little more engaging towards people who have, have an understanding already of, you know, what it is to meter burn, what it is to combo break, what it is to roll escape, um, throw teching against roll escapes. That kind of stuff is... I, I believe that when Mortal Kombat 11 drops, we'll get a very comprehensive tutorial to hopefully really usher in new players, but for people looking to go in and spear and freeze and sonic blast everybody they see online, uh, it's just going to be a little bit more alienating when you go up against somebody who may or may not have previous experience with fighting games and who has probably been playing the game for about as much time as you, and they might just have a little bit better handling about how to play the neutral of the f game that is Mortal Kombat 11. Now, this isn't to say that this is going to how how I'm concrete saying, like, you better get your shit together and learn how to play fighting games, damn it. <laughs> I'm not telling everybody to go do that. I'm just a little uh, on the edge about how Mortal Kombat's really going to be treating its casuals nowadays. Because in the past, MK has always been able to kind of get the casual market to get in and feel like they're being real cool when they go on, you know, any form of tower, arcade mode, and even online in some cases. We'll see if Mortal Kombat 11 can get to that point. I just got a little bit of a feeling that it's going to be a little bit harder for casuals to really, you know, stand above the kind of uh, chaff, I guess you could say. Next on the list is going to be, naturally, how does the game feel? Um, from over the past three days that I've been able to play it, the game's overall feel is a lot slower than anything that probably most... Uh, Mortal Kombat fans slash fighting game players have really dealt with in the modern day. Most fighting games try to at least keep kind of an upwards pace uh, to really get the matches along or are very fast but have a lot of room for characters to make mistakes and then kind of, you know, rely on either comeback mechanics or strong defense to really bring the matches around. Um, in terms of how Mortal Kombat 11 is dealing with this, the game's overall pace is a lot slower. It's way more controlled, and people can really easily follow what's going on. For spectators, that's going to be great. Mortal Kombat 11 is going to be a really cool game to see people lose their minds over when you get crushing blows and fatal blows and all the cool stuff that you're used to seeing happen way more often and way more easier to track than in a game like Mortal Kombat X, which was uh, a little bit on the faster side other games out there, such as your, well, we'll, we'll stick you to the popular ones, uh, Street Fighter V is a lot faster than Mortal Kombat 11, and that just shows, but not in the way that actual game speed, yes, but in, in one way that I think that a lot of people aren't really talking about, which is the fact that Mortal Kombat 11 
is one of the only modern games that I can think of where anything and everything can chip kill you. Now, for people who don't know what chip means, it's when your life bar gets a little... You, you block a move, and it gets a little bit removed just by you blocking, and it's a little tiny bit of damage in comparison to what a full hit would lead to. In a lot of the... Uh, in the olden days, this would normally kill you if you had too low of health and you were blocking fireballs or Tatsumaki Senpukakus. You would die, because your health bar would be so low that there's no reason that you should be able to live through even blocking an attack. In the modern day, a lot of developers have come to the realization that any form of defense should be rewarded, which, in turn, leads to amazing, astounding comebacks. Ever since, I think the turning point of it would probably have been Street Fighter 3, when parrying was your alternative to blocking, and if you were going to be chipped out, you had one chance to parry everything and be able to make your comeback. In comparison, now we're kind of looking at more games just rewarding basic defense and solid play in favor of the odd ones out of being able to, you know, chip everything. Street Fighter V, if you have a full meter, you can chip out by using all of it for a big super move. If your opponent has a little health, then the super will actually chip them out and kill them. But only the super. In a game like Mortal Kombat 11, anything will chip you out. Meaning, the games do end up being a lot faster. The overall pace of the game doesn't really need that. Since it's so neutral focused and the overall pace is slower, a lot of times people are more on keen to react and get in and, you know, try to control the fight first. This causes some pretty quick matches here and there. So, I think that the addition of Chip is a little just overkill, just because you can get characters like Scorpion who have a quote-unquote fuck-the-neutral-game move in their teleport. If you know that your opponent's health is low enough, and you can throw out that teleport and they're gonna have to block it, then you can pretty much guarantee the win if you get that down. But if the opponent has good enough defense to be able to tell when the opponent, when you're going to throw out the teleport, they should be rewarded for that, and they'll probably not have to die for it. Now, we can get into one of the other things that I'd like to talk about for Mortal Kombat 11, which is its mechanics. And when I say mechanics, I'm not going to be talking about surface level stuff, like what Fatal Blow does, how to block... Those kind of things are self-explanatory when you play the game. I'd like to talk about three basic mechanics. They're going to revolve around, I'd say, a little bit more of the in-depth stuff that you can do in Mortal Kombat 11. And that's going to shape the real metagame of this play style, I guess you would say, that Mortal Kombat 11 is trying to promote. Number one, with a bullet, is going to be the flawless block mechanic that they've integrated. This is a new mechanic to Mortal Kombat, and has never been done in the series before. It's going to be akin to what I mentioned earlier, parrying, but it's not going to be as intense as what the parrying was in Street Fighter III, Third Strike. Parrying, you had to press forward, and if you messed up your timing, you're going to get hit. In Mortal Kombat 11, to perform a flawless Bach, all you need to do is know the gaps in safe strings in which if a safe string happens, it's going to have a gap. 
and you're going to block the first two hits. And when you know where the gap is, you're going to release the block button and tap it as soon as you know when the hit's going to come. And when a flawless box activated, you'll get a prompt on the screen. And you'll be able to press up and, well, any according button. But the ones you're going to be looking at are up two and up three. Those moves will come out almost immediately, and will be able to lead into a full combo from your side. So, Flawless Bocking is very rewarding, and it also negates ship damage. Unfortunately, not everything can be Flawless Blocked, hence the issues with chips still remaining. In terms of how Flawless Block is really going to change the meta, it seems a little bit too easy to do, and the fact that it costs both one defense and one offense bar is going to be really hard to deal with in terms of being able to balance out your combo breakers and your meter spending on combos. Now let's move on to the next mechanic, which is going to be the defense and offense meters. Mortal Kombat 11 doesn't traditionally have what fighting games have had in the past, which is meters that you build by, you guessed it, entering into combat. Your normal fighting rough and tough and blocking everything that gets thrown at you usually gets you rewards in terms of meter building and spending and whatnot. But in Mortal Kombat 11, you instead trade that out for a cooldown system on both defense and offensive moves that you can spend. Offensive moves are more tailored towards combo extensions and or different effects on moves, such as Scarlet being able to steal health back into her for one offensive bar on one of her specials. And also, things like for Baraka, when he does his little chop-chop move, putting you in the blender for an extended period of time will cost at least one offensive bar, and then two if you really want to cut those guts. This is interesting in terms of how players are really going to manage this offensive and defensive meter gain. If you're out of offensive meter, you're probably going to be playing a little bit away from your opponent, until you get more meter so that you know once you get the hit, your combo's going to matter. And then, likewise, when you're lacking on defensive meter, the ability to not make wake-up attacks and or combo break can be really dangerous. So, you're probably going to wait back until you can get your defensive meter. This adds into the newest mind game of Mortal Kombat, which is, do I go in? Will my opponent be inspecting my approach when I don't have enough meter to really make it hurt? Or, do I play it safe and my opponent will be expecting me at any point in time? when I get my bars. It's going to be interesting to see how people really do play out the mechanics, especially since they have so many rewards to them, like being able to actually have an invincible wake-up for once, which, you know, if you played any other Mortal Kombat games, it used to be as easy as, easy as pressing a special move. Now, it's going to take a little bit more focus and a little better decision-making. And last but not least, the third mechanic I'd like to talk about is one that isn't really a mechanic that happens in a fight. It's actually going to be the abilities of every character. And I guess you could, to narrow it down a little bit more, I'd just like to talk about the ability section of the game as a whole. And now this might get a little bit weird if you haven't seen or know what Mortal Kombat 11 is doing, but each character is essentially boiled down to having at least two special moves baked in. And for those who know, two isn't a, that big of a number, and special moves usually have a much, much bigger list of, you know, girth to them. That's a little different now that we have the ability set. And now what abilities do is they allow you to set upwards to three new special moves. 
and or augments to your characters that'll change them drastically and make playing Scorpion will just feel completely different than what you may have experienced with a basic loadout. It can lean towards the fact that each player will have a unique loadout and be able to perform things that might just be different, making certain things like mirror matches seem reinvigorating and different because one Scorpion fighting another one could be almost as much as two characters fighting each other completely separate from what they are just because their abilities are different. Now the only downside is I honestly don't know how this is going to affect the competitive side of Mortal Kombat 11 because unfortunately they're looking to be only three uh, baked in ability sets that are made by NetherRealm Studios. Each character is going to have those three and they're all going to be preset and editing those is going to be uh, just a little strange. I don't know if they're going to allow that for each like character. It just seems like it would take a lot of time for a player to walk up to, a, to the setup of the game in a tournament and then have to fiddle around with menus to be able to get their ability loadout out perfectly so that they can competently play the character that they've put 100 plus hours into. I just really don't know how they're planning to make that work, or if the competitive scene is going to strictly stick to the fact that they're going to have the Nether Realm baked in ability sets. It's just going to be really interesting to see the game evolve with all th like all three of these uh, new mechanics that I've mentioned, and how they really just make the game what it is. It's unique in that aspect. Everything here has been something new to the Mortal Kombat series. Uh, X had its variation system, but the ability system had so much more customization. And the past Mortal Kombat games since 9 have had the breaker system and different sorts of uh, ways to spend your meter with X-rays. Now that's gone in terms uh, in favor of the offensive and defensive meters. And then the the mechanic that's never had a precedent is the flawless block system, which is just going to make it so that it's going to have a... Eh, players are going to have to think way more about when they should be doing these safe strings and when they can be doing things that are maybe a little bit more out of the gate. Because when you're doing something like a, a safe string that has a gap that can be flawless blocked, if you know that someone's going to go for that, instead of going for the full string, you would then go for a special move that would change the block timing entirely and punish the flawless block because the opponent no longer is holding the block button, they're tapping it, which means they're most likely going to miss that timing. It's going to be very interesting to see how all these mechanics really flesh out what Mortal Kombat 11 wants to be. Now, we're going to hit up on a couple more points because hands-on with the lovely little beta has given me a lot of time to think about just seeing NetherRealm's growth in terms of online video gaming. For those not in the know, Mortal Kombat X didn't launch with the best online. It was actually really, really rough. But later down the line, a little bit before the XL expansion, they decided to revamp the entirety of the online system and then got Mortal Kombat X to have some of the best online in the fighting game industry. That carries over to 11. It almost seems like they just took it directly from X and made sure that it worked just as well as it did back then. Also, let's not forget that Injustice 2 had the same netcode, which may or may not have had its own issues, but Mortal Kombat 11 is looking to handle the online play environment much like its predecessors, 
which is to say, very well. But I do have a couple of gripes here and there about what they're presenting. And one is still the fact that you're going to be looking at the win odds on each fight. Now, for those who haven't played any NRS games in a while, the win odds are when the game will auto-compare a player's stats and another player's stats together, and then it will show what odds a player has of winning against the other. This can lead to some discouragement amongst newer players when they fight even just someone who's had the game for one more day than them online. I, I think that this is a mechanic should be taken a little bit less seriously. In ranked, this is fine. You're playing ranked to match people against skill, and you want to know, you know, how you're going to be doing in this kind of scenario. But in terms of casual matches, I just think it's a little bit too much of a dick measuring contest for having people who want to just, you know, play Cabal for a couple hours have to see that they're going to be fighting a Cassie Cage with 900 wins and only 200 losses, and then be told, hey, you have a 2% chance of winning. I just think it's a little bit, nah, much. No reason for it to really be there. Plus, you know, it can be segmented to just to ranked. I, I, I digress. My point stands. I just think that it's going to make it a little bit weird when someone sees that, and then they just flat out decline the match. Which, yeah, that's usually what happens. If you want my... That's, that's the hardest point right there, actually. It's the fact that when your opponent... If their win odds are so dismal, they just won't play you. And and I feel that from a fighting game perspective, you're just kind of having matches not happen. Uh, how how do you not want your people? How do you not want people to be able to play the game? I, I and I know there's the counter argument of it's like, oh well, then you're just tricking newbies into fighting pros. It's, you always play a match to learn something. No matter who you're fighting, no matter what character they use, you should play through a match and learn. Now this. Definitely doesn't apply to when someone is playing on Wi-Fi. Because <laughs> uh, luckily, NetherRealm Studios is still keeping up with the fashion of being able to tell when an opponent is fighting with a wired connection or when they're fighting with a Wi-Fi connection. And unfortunately, tale as old as time still holds up. If you're fighting an opponent with a Wi-Fi connection, there are going to be noticeable fluctuations in terms of how the connection stays stable. This means that you won't be able to perform a combo probably every time with perfect ease, and it's going to get real frustrating real fast. Hell, even blocking is going to be difficult with a game with a block button, because high lows happen at such a fast frequency that connection fluctuation can make it almost abysmal and impossible to be able to block the basic mix-ups. It's frustrating to say the least. So, hey, PSA, go get an Ethernet cable. Ask your mom and pa if you can run it down to the, to the attic, and they, they can feed you Cheerios directly through the line. It'll be great. Well, that's about it, what I have to say for the online section. It's looking very promising. It's just, you know, the problems that have persist for other NetherRealm games and online fighting games in general are going to be still there. Next and last, we're actually going to be talking about the characters that are in the beta. And I might have heard me earlier, it's Scarlet, Baraka, and Scorpion. Now, the fact that there's only three is going to make this... Ah, you know what? I'm not going to date myself. We're not going to put a timestamp on it. I put a lot of time into all three of these characters, and by a lot of time, I mean at least a two-hour session each on each day of the beta. First, we'll talk about the, the character that I touched at the beginning, which is Scarlet, the Blood Witch. Now, she originated in MK9, which was really interesting, her being the first DLC character to come out and all, and me being the, you know, teenager that I was at the time. 
I thought she was so cool. The idea of a blood witch was awesome. I thought that Mortal Kombat definitely needed that. And it provided just a really cool miasma of thoughts and ideas that could sprout from Scarlet's character. Unfortunately, MK9 really couldn't handle the idea and kind of just settled her into being another uh, battle ninja princess. Nude-esque. But... Luckily, in Mortal Kombat 11, she's been completely revamped, almost an entirely brand new character, sporting some of the best normals in the game that I've seen, even through characters that have been revealed, and having a really strong controlling game of being able to put the opponent where she wants and keep them there. And obviously her biggest weakness is, unfortunately, when the opponent gets in, a lot of her slower buttons kind of tend to battle against her but she can control the space again once she fights them out and combos them at least once to get them right into that perfect position of being able to go back into her game plan of keeping you out and zoning you until she wants to fight. I thought Scarlet was really interesting from the get-go, and when I got my hands on her, it was even more reinforced by the ideas of her ability sets. There were moves that allowed her to teleport. There were moves that allowed her to gain a shield. There were moves that were almost like a mist grab that she would be able to use to steal health from the opponent and give it to her. It was a great combo ender. Um, unfortunately, and then there were some that were kind of useless. Like, there's one move that Scarlet has where she'll cause damage to herself that will then do damage to the opponent over time. The unfortunate part is that you have to stay stationary while the damage happens to the opponent. So it's not really that great of a move when... Scorpion can teleport in on you, and Baraka does have a pretty fast projectile. This is going to be kind of a common theme that you see with each character, is that some moves that they have are really abysmal, and don't really serve much purpose. But we'll get to that when we get there. Let's keep talking about Scarlet. Her basic attacks, barring, you know, all of her abilities, we'll go to her regular special moves now, were almost... I believe they were the largest of the cast, actually, in the current build of the beta that we have. It was a basic forward-facing projectile, one little blood spurt that traveled across the screen. And then she has a very slow-traveling blood clot, almost akin to reptile. And then she has one low-hitting projectile that skids across the ground. It did have a lot of startup, so the trade-off was definitely apparent. And then last but not least was Scarlet's weird, I guess I would have to call it a blood tongue, that she could control space with, having a close, medium, and far one. This was your go-to string ender if you had a block string with Scarlet go, and you wanted to make sure it was safe and you put the opponent a little bit farther away than they probably would have wanted, you would use the blood tongue, and the chip on it was definitely nothing to sneeze at. Easily her best move. And seeing all this stuff together just... <laughs> I was going to say bleed, but I figure that was a bad pun, and I'm not going to say it now, but pretend I said it. Seeing all these moves come together is just really unique. It, it made Scarlet feel just completely revamped, and I didn't even think of her as Scarlet from MK9. I thought of her as Scarlet, the MK11 character, which is definitely what I think they're going for. Um, I personally, if I had to say, I think she's the best character in the beta right now, and we'll see if that changes when the, uh, pre-order beta happens later this month. I don't know if anyone's gonna really lead up to the fact that a lot of her normal moves 
her one, two, three, four moves were just astounding with their range. Scarlet doesn't have a lot of combo options, but man, oh man, can she reach you. Scarlet really excels in that mid-range of the, the play, play field, and it is just dangerous. I think that anyone looking to really have a character that they can control space with and feel safe when they start to try to fish out a hit on the opponent, Scarlet would definitely be one to be looking for. Now we're going to go into the other end, which is going to be a character who loves to get up close and just go absolutely barbaric crazy on you. That's going to be Baraka. Baraka's moveset really was, I guess the one word I'm looking for is basic, in terms of they were mostly mid-attacks that hit, and he only really had one low mix-up that ended in an overhead. This made Baraka a little bit more of a simple character to kind of approach for almost everyone that I saw in the beta. Having a really quick universal projectile that travels across the screen and being able to offensive burn it for having two of them on the screen at once was a really nice tool, especially for a character who needs that help to get in. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's take some time to talk about Baraka's abilities. This character has the same problem that, once again, all the characters have, is that some of the moves are just not going to be great. There's one move that Baraka has that makes his 3-3. Three, three. No. <laughs> I guess that's a little bit confusing. It's down and forward. You hold that direction and press 3, which would be the X or A button for people playing on console. And anything else. Actually, let's talk about that. A little side distraction. If you don't know what the NRS notation are, it's 1-2-3-4. And by that, I mean light punch. Heavy punch, light kick, heavy kick. That's going to be square triangle, X circle for PlayStation, X, Y, A, B for Xbox games, slash PC, if you play with an Xbox controller on PC. Hopefully that's made this a little bit easier to understand now that I'm going to go into, you know, a little bit more of button pad notations. Sorry if it wasn't as clear earlier, because I know I've been doing that the entirety of this episode. Anyway... Baraka's 3-3. It's a move that you can equip that makes Baraka have basically an extended low poke. Unfortunately, the move is pretty slow in comparison to his other moves, like his simple down 1 or even a down 2. It just seems like the move didn't have a lot of utility, honestly, in comparison to the fact that plenty other moves in Baraka's kit offered so much more. There's an entire set of moves, unfortunately, that I didn't touch in his ability set that revolved around his flag placement, which Baraka can place a flag down in the ground and be able to power up essentially his entire character, as long as he's near the flag. I only really used one, which was a big flag swing, that if he hit you with it, he would then plant. And I mean hit like anything. I think even if he misses, he plants it, which made the move really unsafe. You really only threw it out when you knew it was going to hit, so you wouldn't get punished afterwards kind of a combo ender move, but there's one move that Baraka could not play without, and it was a grab move. And when I say grab, I mean it's a move that Baraka has. It was back, forward, and four, and it was a... It, you had to hit someone with it. It can be blocked. It wasn't a grab in the terms that you can grab someone who was blocking. It was a hit. 
but it was basically, I think it was called Gutted, was the move's name. And when you land Gutted with Baraka, if you spend one offensive bar, it gives him the ability to pop up the opponent to continue the combo for insane amounts of damage. Because this would lead into the fact that Baraka can do almost two crushing blows in one combo, which is something that I haven't actually hidden it on yet because it's one thing that I wanted to talk about near the end. So, hey, a little bit of a spoiler coming out of me. Baraka being able to do this move and lead into insanity damage for only two of his offensive bars was essential to his kit, making it so that seeing a Baraka not run gutted was almost a complete oddity. It made it so that the character didn't really feel like you could play him with any other ability set because it was pretty much just gutted, and then whatever could be paired with gutted that was not conflicting. Because unfortunately, there are abilities that do conflict with each other, such as moves that share the same input, or moves that would do the same thing. And then there are some moves that only can be equipped when others are equipped. And then there are some that cost two spots of the three moves you can equip, and so then you're only left with one that could fill a one spot. The ability system does have its current balances, but it also has its imbalances, making it, like, really strange for characters like Baraka, who almost essentially have to run a certain move and only get to really run, uniquely, one other ability. Whereas Scarlet was able to run at least three unique moves completely. I digress. This did not make Baraka any worse. He's a force to be reckoned with, and his damage was easily the most stellar in the entire beta. And his up-close game was absolutely insane. Even though he does not have the best mix-ups, almost all of his moves could be made safe, and he was able to get in perfectly. His range was also nothing to sneeze at. Being able to play close mid-range with his extended claws was easy as pie and really damaging to boot. Baraka, probably also another contender. Him and Scarlet are easily the two best characters in the beta, which is going to come to some shock as people who play Mortal Kombat for a long time will always get up in arms to say the phrase we all love, man, Scorpion's broken. Which means it's time to get to Scorpion. Oh, unfortunately, was kind of the weakest character in the beta. I only got some time with him today, and it was at the tail end. Scorpion just suffers from the biggest issue, which is some ability moves that he has are just plain useless, and a lot of his strings are all almost entirely unsafe, and or gaps, which leaves you really open to flawless blocking. It's just unfortunate for Scorpion, really, because his combos are really, really cool <laughs> and really rewarding to see get done and actually land. The downside is just if you really want to make sure that you're playing Scorpion at a competitive, I wouldn't even say competitive, at a just safer level, you have to run uh, one of his abilities called Misery Blade, which is a stance Scorpion can cancel into on most of his strings to make his strings actually safe and provide that he can actually still do pressure if he lands certain moves out of the Misery Blade stance. Misery Blade's a two-slot move for abilities, meaning Scorpion only gets one other one-slot, and unfortunately, all the ones that you could put in there are actually really bad. There's one move that he has that changes his air jumping too, which it 
is not great. <laughs> Essentially, it looks, in practice, it's his jumping two from Mortal Kombat 9, which is the sword swing. Unfortunately, the startup and hitbox of the move is really bad here in Mortal Kombat 11. And then there's another air throw that you could equip, and it kind of suffers the same thing. It's just very situational, and honestly, if you can run up and get a jumping one, you can actually combo off of it for more damage than anything you'll get off the air throw. The only really move that you could put alongside Misery Blade was his Demon Dash, which was also unsafe on block, and unfortunately not really worth the meter that you would spend on it, especially after spending Spear and Teleport, which were his baked-in moves. Also, don't know if I mentioned, but Baraka pretty much had just one baked-in move that mattered, which was his Spark. He also had Chop Chop, and that's pretty much all that mattered for him. Back to Scorpion. His baked-in moves were also really simple, of Spear and Teleport being the two, and Teleport being able to pop up for a combo, and Spear being able to stun for a combo, both of those costing one offensive bar, made it so that Scorpion's combo potential is great, but unfortunately his damage output wasn't. It was nowhere near as much as how much as Baraka can do, and cost the same amount of bars, and was also... Most likely, if you got the hit, the path you took to get there was not safe at all. Maybe Scorpion just one of those characters that, honestly, has to commit to a lot of stuff. And if it hits, great. You get rewarded with some middling damage. If it doesn't, you're probably going to eat some unfortunate mix-ups that are going to put you into the predicament of being at disadvantage. Because now you're probably either with a Baraka up in your face, or you're exactly where Scarlet would want you to be. Now, a lot of people will say that these characters kind of formed a trifecta of kind of balancing out each other. Baraka beats Scorpion really well because he can get in, and a lot of Scorpion moves leave Scorpion in front of Baraka. And then Scorpion essentially, on paper, would beat Scarlet because she would use projectiles and you know, zoning tools to essentially keep herself somewhere where Scorpion could teleport in. And then Scarlet would be Baraka, because Baraka's a projectile, unfortunately, can't really compare to the fact of how Scarlet can keep you in one place at that one time. Especially if she can do her blood tongue. God, that's weird to say. And keep hit Baraka before he can throw his projectile out. It was like a little bit of a rock, paper, scissors, except Scorpion just really lacks in a lot of areas that doesn't... Like, like I said, on paper, Scorpion should be able to beat Scarlet very well. But with how big her projectiles' hitboxes are, especially Blood Tongue, and how fast her regular bloodshot is across the screen, it makes it so that Scorpion's teleport almost has to be a guess more than it is a reaction. And meaning that Scarlet, especially if she throws out the uh, regular projectile that I brought, brought up earlier, the bloodshot, if she does that one, that can almost be a bait, because if the Scorpion teleports too late, she can still have time to block and punish the teleport. It's just unfortunate that Scorpion just doesn't really have the tools that a lot of people thought he had at the beginning, where he's a lot more of an unsafe character than he used to be. And with running Scorpion without Misery Blade is almost a death sentence, because you're going to get punished for things that you're going to just be trying to fish out a hit. It's just going to be really interesting to see Scorpion kind of play that neutral game. Uh later on in the series where they'll definitely tweak him because I don't think this beta is going to end without 
anyone at NRS going, ah, whatever, the characters are perfect, let's release the game with them like that. It's definitely going to see some characters changing up for the better, hopefully. So, we've gone over the basics of all the characters, at least what I can, you know, tell you about my basic time with them. Nothing crazy in-depth, but also nothing that's, you know, just basic surface level. Um, I guess before we head out and close this mirror match, I'd like to hit up on a couple more things for MK11, you know, as a whole. And that's going to be... Uh, you've probably heard me mention it earlier, but combo breakers essentially are kind of gone. Um, I still use the term, but it's m more akin to being replaced by the Injustice 2 flip-out system, which is you spend both of your defensive bar, which is two, so you spend two defensive bars, and you will f spin out of an air combo. Now this sounds fine, once again, on paper, but in practice, if an opponent is doing a combo, such as with Scorpion. Scorpion's moves have a lot of commitment to them. If someone, if a opponent then getting comboed by Scorpion chooses to spin out, and they do it at the time of the combo when Scorpion's spear comes out, the spear will still miss, and the opponent who spun out will recover in time to actually punish Scorpion. Meaning, that the person who got the hit is getting punished because of it, 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 it's like I, I can't describe the how it does it's just more combat 11 just has some things that just don't make a lot of sense like I don't think that there should be not there shouldn't be spin outs I don't think that there shouldn't be combo breakers there do, there do need to be some form of of combo counteraction but unfortunately, the only thing that you could do offensively to into like interact with the spinouts in Mortal Kombat 11 is to basically guess that your opponent's going to be doing them and not finish the combo. And even when you don't finish the combo, it's not like you're getting rewarded for that. All you did was not be able to like make it so that you're not getting hit. So you're putting yourself back in a neutral position, whereas you should be at advantage for making the correct guess of, hey, they spun out. But instead, you have to now just deal with playing back in neutral. And obviously, I guess you can try to make a mix-up happen on the opponent's wake-up, because since they have to get up from the ground from the spin-out, but that's not the kind of reward that someone should be seeking, especially if they guess wrong on what the opponent's waking up with, and then they get hit. It's The mechanic of spinning out definitely needs to be tackled in a different way to hopefully just make it so that if the opponent does it and the attacker is able to read or react to it, the attacker should at least be able to get rewarded for knowing when the spin-out occurs and or not. I'm not saying that the reward for the, a successful spin-out should always be the attacking character gets punished that just seems like too much and that's currently what it is you can definitely spin out of combos and then if one player which online since the Mortal Kombat series is dial-up combos where you press the buttons pre-canned 
when you when that happens and then you go into the fact that if you just spun out you're gonna wake up pressing buttons and then you're gonna be rewarded for it because the other person is still recovering from the buttons that whiffed it's i don't know it was it left a bad taste in my mouth and i think that it's definitely going to be something that we see another realm studios tackle to hopefully just make a little bit more balanced out so that it's not completely busted so i'm glad we hit up spin out i guess that's kind of my one of my exit statements of the game being able to think hey this might be something that needs a little bit fixing just a little overall though Mortal Kombat 11 is shaping up to be one of the biggest slam dunk fighting games of pretty much this year. I mean, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid is going to be out, but uh, whatever, that's just me. I digress. Hopefully, when the pre-order beta happens, we'll have way more characters to talk about. And who knows, maybe in the future we'll see another Mirror Match retrospectives. Possibly about Mortal Kombat 11. Maybe about something else. Who knows? I sure don't. I'm recording this after the beta shut down at 3 a.m. at night. So, that, that that's my headspace. But hey, if you've listened this far, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your support. And it's really awesome of you to really check out the special episode, one that's, you know, not a part of the regular lineup. But who knows? I'm sure we'll get this cursed episode of the Backdash out for you. As soon as possible, hopefully by the time this weekend happens, we shall see. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to Mortal Kombat 11, man. I, I think that the roster can really be something special, especially since we still don't know all, half of it, you know? And I think if the gameplay just gets tweaked a little bit more here and there, we're going to see a game that's going to just reward and excite uh, audiences and players alike. It's it's something that I think could be pretty special. I just hope that it gets to that point, you know? Because as it is now, it's it's on a route that's really dividing people. Like, and But then it's also bringing some of them together. But not in the way that, like, everybody... The people who are being brought together are like, Oh, yeah, fuck yeah, Mortal Kombat 11. People who are being brought together are still people who are vocal about the game's issues and want them to be known and fixed. And the people who are getting divided by it are just mostly going to be... I, I wouldn't say just see, like playing the game and thinking, oh, it's not for me, it's, it's not as nutty, it's slower, or something along those lines. I just think that it, it's a game that is being talked about a lot right now, but isn't being played as much as it's being talked about. And I know it's like, oh, obviously, because not a lot of people can play it. It's like, yes, but that could be to the detriment of the fact. Obviously, it's Mortal Kombat. It's going to be fine. Everybody loves Mortal Kombat. Are you kidding me? They're going to eat this shit up. Everyone's going to play that story mode. It's going to be great. But in terms of the game's overall popularity and the actual word mums around the game, people are saying, oh, man, I really wish this had an open beta, or man, I really wish this was going to get a demo because of all these things that they're hearing. The hell, you heard this entire podcast, and I hope that it hasn't put you into this exact category that I'm talking about right now. I hope that you're still open-minded for the game, because I really do want you to experience Mortal Kombat 11. I think that's going to be something that everybody, being a fighting game like expert, fighting game casual, being a game player, being anything, I think that Mortal Kombat 11 is going to have something to offer for everybody. And I really hope 
that all the little nitpicks and little things that I've talked about here and anything that I've forgotten, like, I just, I hope that it all gets its due diligence. And we'll see. But for now, thank you all so much for checking out this episode of Mirror Match Retrospectives. I've been your host of the Backdash, Alex. <laughs> it's been a fun time. You can catch your regularly scheduled Backdash, most likely this weekend. Um, hopefully the, the cursed episode 15, I believe, won't be as cursed as last time and we'll not have a myriad of absolute travesty recording issues from, meh, <laughs> from have you, from blank, from have you figured the puzzle out yet? <laughs> oh, I'm Joshin, I'm Joshin. Well, who is Josh? Never mind. But hey, if you want to check us out, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at tbackdash. Feel free to actually email us at thebackdash at gmail.com. Now let's say that without an accent. At thebackdash at gmail.com is where you can send us all your emails. We're taking questions and the like. It'll be fun. Get on a regular episode of The Backdash. And if you want, we have a Facebook page, all that good jazz. Feel free to check us out on Patreon, too. Not for the money reason, but just because it's a really good hub that has, you know, everything that we have on there. And thanks again to Anchor for hosting us and putting us up everywhere, which was really dope. And once again, I can't thank you enough for checking out this episode. It's really cool. It's a new idea I'm trying out, Mirror Match Retrospectives. Um, it, it may not always be a solo ordeal. Um, and who, who knows? Or it may always be. But, and it may not always be me. Like I said, we're, we're going to see where this goes, and we're going to um, play around with the idea a little bit more. Uh, well, I am. And I'm going to hopefully get to the point where I have more, I, I guess you could say, scripts. Because like I said, I've, I've kind of gone only off highlights here um, of, of things that I've mentioned, which is why if I miss stuff, I apologize. But, um, you know, we're going to make it through this. And I know you're going to make it through this, because you're awesome. I hope you have a good one. When I told them that I'd be the greatest, they doubted me. Ever since then, I've been patiently waiting on making that statement reality. Decimate all those who challenge me, put them in body bags, that's my mentality. Feeling like Scorpion with that fatality. Take off the mask and then burn them like calories. Got them like, do not approach me, I take out your whole team. I'm known on the pro scene cause I don't get tired so I don't get no sleep That's why you can't hold me, I wouldn't be shocked if you backed out with Kofi Turn on the x-ray and witness the damage that I'm finna do to your whole spleen I just wanna see the whole crew get paid You were dealing with an old school great, you do not wanna see me in that new MK I've been in more than a few arcades, making everybody split like that move with Cage Hit the booth with two lit J's with a flow colder than a blue Lin Quake Yo, the dude get cake made green every time I spit like reptiles Bodies get piled every time I'm on the sticks Everybody in the room get wild Cause they know that I win against every opponent They know what the business is <laughs> They waiting and holding their breath for the moment when they see me Don't try to challenge me I said don't try to challenge me You'll get nothing out of it, don't even try, you'll get hit with fatality I bring death to reality, watch what you say and respect my lethality You should stop if you doubting me, cause if you don't, you'll get hit with fatality Don't try to challenge me, I said don't try to challenge me You'll get nothing out of it, don't even try, you'll get hit with fatality